welcome to the Rich Thoughts Podcast, where our goal is to glorify God and terrify the devil. Get ready. It's going to be a great journey. Good morning and welcome to Rich Thoughts for Breakfast on a marvelous Monday. I'm Harold Harry, and that's my fine wife, Beth. Great way to start the week. Yes, it is. And again, as we started January 1st, giving a scripture every day about not being afraid and overcoming fear. That's it. 365 we're going to do this year. So um, many different scriptures. February 6th. Yes. Today, Deuteronomy 7.18. Deuteronomy 7.18, the Lord says to us, but do not be afraid of them. Remember well what the Lord your God did to Pharaoh and to all Egypt. He'll take on the world for you. Be not troubled. Be not afraid. Hello. All right. Today, yesterday we talked about seven keys to your financial breakthrough. And today we're going to talk about seven, seven hindrances. hindrances to your financial breakthrough. So we're going to cover. And if you all didn't hear yesterday, it'll be up <laughs> as a podcast uh, within a few days. Within a days. couple of days. That's it. And, uh, and or you can send an email. Harold at HaroldHerring.com, and I'll send you an audio link. All right. How Number one, not tithing. We're sitting in the pew Sunday after Sunday without tithing. We're robbing God. Uh-uh. No excuses, no alibis. Malachi 3, 8 and 9, 3, 8 and 9. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. You're cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Now, that seems pretty straightforward. The Word says that if we're not tithing, we're robbing God. The Word also says if we aren't giving offerings, we're robbing God. I guess this is a good place to ask a question. If we're robbing God, we're violating His principles for living, and we're hindered, hindering our financial Breakthroughs. Mm. Hopefully, <laughs> do we understand that? That's it. Number two, talking down leadership or those in authority. You know, that's a serious situation because God put everybody in authority. And we are to respect authority. And in Acts 23, 5, even Paul, who was not, you know, said something and this is what he this is how he corrected himself even though it was somebody who was definitely against him in acts 23 5 new living translation it says i'm sorry brothers i didn't realize he was the high priest paul replied for the scripture says you must not speak evil of any of your rulers we want to emphasize this next statement even though we've said it before but it's very important to know and it's very important to your future If you don't know how to live under authority, you are not going to be given much authority. That's so true, honey. One more important. Say it again. Well, it says if you don't know how to live under authority, in other words, if you don't respect those in authority over you, then you're not going to be given much authority because God recognizes and respects authority. Wow. Um, One more thing about authority, although, you know, we, we... we need to do a whole teaching on authority. Yeah, right authority is something that is, well, overlooked and unfortunately can really affect your life. It's easy to be under authority when things are going well for you. But the real measure 
of your obedience to authority comes when you disagree with those over you, but you submit anyway. It's true. Now, there's clarifications on those, but it's just a very important it's principle to respect. Number three, not believing God will do what he says he will do. That will hinder you. If I were to, or we, if we were to ask you, what would you say is the most important verse in the Bible? Mm-hmm. You'd probably say John 3.16. Now, while that's important, it has to be built off of trust. Trust in God's Word. Numbers 23.19, 23.19, classic amplified. God is not a man that he should lie. Or God, let me say that again. God is not a man that he should tell or act a lie. Neither the Son of Man that he should feel repentance or compunction for what he has promised. Has he said and shall he not do it? Or has he spoken and shall he not make it good? Every word, every promise that he's ever given us is going to come true. Genesis twenty-eight thirteen, twenty-eight thirteen message Bible. Then God was right before him saying, I am God, the God of Abraham, your father, the God of Isaac. I'm giving you the ground on which you are sleeping to you and to your descendants. Your descendants will be as the dust of the earth. They'll search from west to east and north to south. They'll stretch from north to east, north to east west to east and north to south. We'll get it right in a second. All the families of the earth will bless themselves in you and your descendants. Yes, I will stay with you. I will protect you wherever you go, and I'll bring you back to this very ground. I like this next sentence. I will stick with you until I've done everything I've promised. That's that's a big promise. That means God will (laughs) stick with you through thick and thin until his promises come in. (laughs) Hallelujah. you got to believe that God will do what he says he'll do, regardless of your current circumstances, or even what you perceive to be the consequences of them. When you obey without hesitation, your destiny is determined. Number four, being a stealth sinner. You know, I hate to even think about, and I know nobody on this call is like this. I mean, I believe that. But if, you know, there are Christians that actually say to themselves, well, you know what? Nobody's looking. Nobody will ever know. My secret's safe. You know, and that just makes them truthfully the biggest fool there ever was. Mark 422, 422 New Living Translation says, For everything that is hidden will eventually be brought into the open, and every secret will be brought to light. You know, if there's people who are visiting websites that you know they shouldn't, you know, all that stuff is on your computer, even if you delete it or erase it, or you think you have. The impressions, the key strokes, the cookies, they don't leave your computer. And they may not be visible, but they're there. And all it takes is someone who can scan a hard drive to find out where they're at. The problem is, is not only does your computer retain the path of your little secret, but so does your mental and emotional and physical hard drive. Truly, When a negative or sinful thoughts enter your thought processes, an impression is made. An impression is made like a digital impression on a computer. And depending on how active you are in renewing your mind is going to determine whether or not those thoughts re-enter and start to grow 
and sprout up and get bigger than you are. If you allow yourself to feed on anything that exalts itself about the knowledge of God and his word, then you're just asking. You're just asking for sin to come in and take over. Don't give the, I like to say, don't give the enemy an inch. He thinks he'll, he'll come in and think he's a ruler. I'm That's promising it. you that will happen. Grab that acorn out of the ground before it gets a chance to build a tree. Amen. A lot easier then. Amen. Number five, putting down your spouse or anyone else for that matter. Wow. We're going to just deal with people with their spouses down in front of others or behind their backs. Yeah, we spoke of that recently. We did. When you get married, you become one flesh with your spouse and much more than sexual intimacy. If you chastise your mate, if you put them down, you're actually doing the same thing to yourself. Genesis 2.24, 2.24. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. Make no mistake about it. There are spiritual consequences when you embarrass your spouse, when you speak down to them or abuse them verbally. You are, in fact, doing harm to yourself. Ephesians 5, 29-33. Ephesians 5, verses 29-33. Message Bible. Sums up the relationship between a husband and a wife. No one abuses his own body, does he? No, he feeds and pampers it. That's how Christ treats us, the church, since we are part of his body. And that's why a man leaves his father and mother, and cherishes his wife. No longer two, they become one flesh. This is a huge mystery, and I don't pretend to understand it all. What is clearest to me is the way that Christ treats the church, and this provides a good picture of each husband to treat his wife, loving himself and loving her, and how each wife is to honor her husband. I said this recently when we were talking about the same subject. People say, yeah, my brother Harold, you don't know my wife. That's right. I don't know her, but God does. If you begin to treat your wife the way Christ treats his bride, the church, you will witness the most amazing transformation ever, an extreme makeover from a heathen to a fruit-producing believer. And guess what? It starts with you. Mm. I can say my favorite quote, you know, be well, careful yeah. how you criticize your spouse, <clears throat> spouse's decisions because you are one of them. <laughs> okay, number six, taking the credit for what God has done for you. You know, if it weren't for God, truly, we wouldn't even be breathing, thinking, or living. John 10.10, 10, look at what God has done for us after, when the enemy wants to destroy us. John 10.10, 10, New Living Translation. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose, this is Jesus speaking, is to give them a rich and satisfying life. You know what? You have got what you've got because God entrusted it to you. We need to remember who gave us the opportunity to be successful. In 2 Corinthians 2.12, 2.12, New Living Translation, it says, When I came to the city of Troyes <clears throat> to preach the good news of Christ, the Lord opened a door of opportunity for me. When we are taking advantage of that opportunity or not, you know, 
I mean, God has given us opportunities, and what we do to give it back to him, well, that's our gift to him. We need to make it good. So we need to continue to remember and honor God for what he's done for us, and we'll always keep his promises to be, you know, to be successful if we keep our proper and scriptural perspective. Hallelujah. Number seven, being stuck in a comfort zone. Your comfort zone is an enemy of your future, a hindrance to your success, a stumbling block to your destiny. If you stay in your comfort zone, you will never leave nor surpass your current reality. What's the one thing that tends to keep people from leaving their comfort zone? It's fear. If you don't face your fears, they'll keep growing. If you don't face what you perceive to be your inadequacies, they'll be magnified. If you're wondering what people will think if you fail in your new endeavor, you're wondering about the wrong person. You need to be more concerned about what God thinks anybody else in your neighborhood. Malachi 7, 8 through 10. 7, 8 through 10. Mark, I'm sorry. Mark 7, 8 through 10. International Version. You've let go of the commands of God and are holding on to the traditions of men. And he said to them, you have a fine way of setting aside the commands of God in order to observe your own traditions. Wow. Wow. We can tell you that every heathen you know, if you know any, and I'm smiling when I say that, every heathen you know will try to keep you locked inside your comfort zone. But it's time for you to break free. Ask God if any of these seven hindrances that we've talked about on today's call have become roadblocks in your life. If so, make the necessary changes starting today. Yes. <clears throat> Two prayer requests. We'll make them real quick. We're running over a little bit. Okay. One, we have missionary friends, and I'm sure there's a lot, I mean, there's an awful lot of people with this big earthquake that happened in Turkey. So, you know, we need to keep these people in prayer. That was a magnitude that has not happened in, well, 80 years. Point being that we need to keep these people in prayer is a lot that have been affected by it. Second one is that we are, we got a call from a good friend, pastor today, who's um, being, after 18 years of being very loyal and faithful, has been, they're taking, they're, the raise is rent from $900 to $2,000 a month. So the point being, we, we're, they're going to have to move, and we need to pray for God. Well, God closed that door. He's going to open another one. Yeah. He's not, he knows it's happened, so just keep them in prayer that they make the He's wise decisions. Surprised. That's it. So point is, until tomorrow morning. At 830 Eastern, God bless you. Happy trails. And keep... Mm, mm, confessing rich thoughts from the Word of God. Can't go wrong. We love you. We appreciate you. Bye-bye.